What needs to be worked on for Chip Kelly's bunch as the Bruins head into week two, one and oh, fresh off their victory against Bowling Green with Alabama State looming, waiting in the wings come 2 p.m. on Saturday in the Rose Bowl. Well, we've got quite a few things we can nitpick on as we get started here on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, your D1 play-by-play broadcaster and diehard Bruins fan as you're listening to Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. As you can find us on YouTube, like and subscribe, comment, trying to get to those that 200 subscriber, subscriber plateau by week two, week three. Well, no, if you guys like and comment, thanks for everything. It's free wherever you get your podcast, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple. Just look it up, Locked On UCLA. Go share the news. We are locked and loaded. First listen each and every day. Now those Bruins who are fresh off that 45-17 victory. What does that mean? That calls for Bruin A clap, everybody. Get those hands in the air. Four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see LA. You see LA. Fight, fight, fight. Get that Bruin A clap out right away with that Bruin victory. 1-0 for UCLA. Taking on Alabama State. Looking to go 2-0. Hopefully much better crowd at the Rose Bowl. We'll find out. But if the people who do show up to the Rose Bowl or do find their way, working their way over to the Pac-12 network to watch that game, this is what UCLA, in my perspective, needs to work on. It can be very easy. You can nitpick. You can go a little deeper than maybe I'm going to in this first segment. But this is what the Bruins need to work on. Anything involving the punting units. Punt return with their punt block, whether it's Punt return, focusing on the returner, whether it's punt blocking, their punt blocking scheme as a whole, return, punting the football away, just things that should not have been as easily seen on screen or if you're in person, one of the two people who were there, like I was at the Rose Bowl, it, it was pretty obvious, a failed blocking scheme, nobody was moving the protection over, and a free run in at Nicholas Barmira, who had his punt blocked and returned for a touchdown. That was something... That was clear and obvious. The punting unit, you can't really take anything with kickoffs or kickoff returns. There's nothing really to be seen in week one. All those kicks, for the most part, were booted through the back of the end zone for either the Bruins' returns or their own kickoffs, which they had plenty of on Saturday. So the focus here initially is on punting. Barmir only had one other punt that he had to get off before the other one that was blocked. The punt return, you saw Bobo a little shaky with him waving the fair catch signal. We'll see if UCLA goes in a different direction this Saturday. Hopefully Bobo doesn't have to return too many punts. And by that, I mean maybe they can cycle in new guys throughout the course of the game. UCLA expected by many to win by gobs and gobs of a wide margin of victory. We, we'll get to those odds later in the week. But at the moment, I think it's looking over 40, something ridiculous, maybe more than that. But for the Bruins, you would like to see Bobo find some confidence returning punts, which he might see himself returning a lot of this week if the Bruin defense forces not too many turnovers, which they only got to one this week. So that's the thing. Check out the punting unit, how they get coached up and how tightly and how 
much they click come Saturday against Alabama State. That's something that needs to be ironed out, how good the unit is come Saturday. And then offensively, the Bruins had nine penalties, 60 yards, four negative plays, including a couple of sacks of DTR, a couple of negative plays passing the ball. Couldn't find too many rushing plays that turned into negative yardage plays because of Charbonnet, just a beast in the backfield. Keegan Jones, dynamite. We'll see if anybody else works into the backfield outside of DTR's own scrambling ability as well. But the Bruins need to shore up the penalties as we move from special teams. And yes, you can speak to those Bar Mira missed field goals too, but we'll, we'll see how that plays itself out. Game to game, maybe that's different. We'll speak on to it if Barmir continues to miss field goals going forward. But he did go one for three, missing the 28-yarder and I believe the 44-yarder. Moving more to the offensive line for the Bruins, need more holes for Charbonnet going forward as UCLA is going to face much bigger teams than Bowling Green. Alabama State won't be one of them. South Alabama won't hold the line like, say, a Pac-12 opponent can going forward. But the Bruins need to be able to get those fourth and short, get those third and goals from the three where they could punch it in a year ago. Saturday, they couldn't necessarily do that with ease against Bowling Green, which set up that missed field goal opportunity for Barmira. It should have been an easy blast it through. He missed it. It is all said and done. The offensive line needs to find those holes for Charbonnet. They got to find the caliber of offensive linemen to not get the nine penalties for 60 yards. A couple of holes, including that first play from scrimmage. UCLA had too many penalties. Need to clean that up. You don't want any more than three penalties against the Alabama State team, who UCLA is much superior than in terms of just the athletes, the size, the, the speed, everything going into that Hornet, the game against the Hornets this weekend. UCLA just has the advantage going forward into that one. And then the four negative plays, let's see if the Bruins can get to two. Hopefully DTR isn't sacked at all in this game, and that will happen in weeks going forward. But for this week for the Bruins, you don't want to see any more than a pair of negative plays offensively. Not too many negative plays going backwards, whether it's being your own mistakes, either snapping a ball over the head or a bad snap, as we saw Bowling Green did to themselves, leading to the only UCLA turnover defensively, which is where I go into this final part of this first segment. UCLA's defense looked good, allowed less than 200 yards of offense. Bowling Green couldn't get anything done on the grounds. Practically nothing done in the air either. All the Bowling Green points set up because of UCLA turnovers or miscues offensively or in the special team side for UCLA's defense and defensive coordinator Bill McGovern. The thing is, force more turnovers. Try and get and win the turnover battle. And it doesn't help when the Bruins are turning it over twice themselves, but force more than one turnover in a matchup against Alabama State. I would say the Bruins would love to get three turnovers. That's a big ask, but against an FCS team, their first ever against an HBCU. You'd love to see the Bruins turn over the Hornets at least three times against Alabama State so they can get in that feel of rallying to the football, wrapping up tackles for loss, getting extra opportunities and extra possessions. As UCLA defense, they're strong on the weekends. Nothing too much to complain about. Bowling Green's offense, maybe not the biggest challenge they'll face all year. Alabama State, somewhat similar We'll get to the more of the in-depth preview of the Hornets later this week. But for the Bruins, simply force more turnovers defensively. 
have more negative plays instead of just, all right, they did their job against Bowling Green. That's all they needed to do. But now it's put teams behind the sticks, second and long, third and long, third and eternity is what the Bruins need to do defensively as we kind of go special teams, offense, and defensively as, all right, we started with the negative. We, We don't need to be negative all show, right? We'll come up back with our unsung heroes or unsung people of the game against Bowling Green. And no, we're not going to highlight the DTRs or the Charbonnets or even Keegan Jones for that matter with his big touchdown run. You'll see where we go with this after we tell you some words from Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up your college football season. It's easy to get started and easy to play with Underdog Fantasy while you can watch your Bruins play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. And Underdog has investment backing. They're back from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They've always been focused on superior products for fun user experience. The customer support team, top-notch, the best in the business. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Once again, go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app either in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. As we continue to rumble on in Locked On UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer with you guys, we're going to go with some unsung heroes, some guys who you may have heard about whether it be in other articles from various fan sites, the LA Times, beat writers from the OC Register, LA Times, various things. But these are guys who I thought stood out, made a positive impact in the game for UCLA, and have some stories where they had to work hard to get into that position to even make a play, whether it be defensively, offensively, on the offensive line, or switching. And just some interesting backgrounds for these guys as we move forward with this for the final two segments of Locked On UCLA. I'm going to start with Kenny Churchwell III, the redshirt junior from Casa Grande, Arizona. He is a redshirt junior. This is actually his fifth year with the Bruins. He already graduated, though. He got his degree in political science back in June from Arizona, was a three-star recruit as a safety coming out of the state of Arizona. And what makes him and his story so interesting, in the game against Bowling Green, He led the Bruins, or tied for the team lead with five tackles, did, I believe, have one pass breakup, and then had the most solo tackles on the team in that first game. A lot of different UCLA defenders getting tackles. It wasn't easy to pick and find one guy to highlight defensively because of the turnover being snapped over the head. But going with Churchwell III in this first one, he last year had all of 13 tackles, seven solo tackles, And in the first game of the 2022 season, Kenny Churchwell III ended up having five solo tackles, more than his career high, other than his career best game when he picked off Hayner in that Fresno State game last year, in addition to having four solo tackles. That is his career highlight. Here, he had one of his best performances just being involved in the game without a pick, but he led the team with tackles, had 13 tackles in the season last year, all of 2021, and here's a guy who's a fifth-year junior by eligibility, already graduated, one of those many Bruins on this UCLA roster that's had their degree. They're in postgraduate studies, whether it be master's, 
whatever they're studying. I, there's a various, so many guys on this roster with Chip Kelly's team that have already gotten their bachelor's DTR, probably working on his 15th master's right now. And that's a good thing. That's a joke, though, as we continue with, Church, with Churchwell. And for Churchwell, the biggest story for him is he had almost weight from last year when he was able to earn a start from his first game in 19 over to 21, almost 700 days, 694 days from in between starts. Why was that? Well, in 2018, Churchwell was actually injured and then found himself after injury in preseason camp, unavailable to play, did not play in any games in 18, played in 19, and then found himself in 2020 pl not playing again during that shortened delayed COVID season. There were players who had opted out for various teams. He did not play in 2020. Then in 2021, made 13 tackles, had a pick, seven of those solo, and comes back earning the start 2022, getting the team lead in tackles in game one. So twice he missed an entire year. His freshman year wiped out injury, did not play. In 2020, wiped out, did not play injury. So for Churchwell, this is the first time he's been able to play back-to-back -back season in his, in his career. He's been with the Bruins now. This is his fifth year, played in three separate seasons, including this one, getting that game in, but missing two years, fighting through it, and earning his time, and having a nice first game for UCLA against Bowling Green. Kind of that unsung hero in game one. Defense, they're all solid top to bottom. You can go with whether it be the Murphy Twins, the Stefan Blaylocks, all these guys, the John John Vons, going up and down the list of whether it be the DBs. But I, I saw Churchwell tied for the team lead with tackles, earned his way, got his degree, as many of these Bruins already have or are currently working towards, and twice having to miss either a full season or that shortened COVID season not playing in that 2020 game in the 2020 six-game season for the Bruins where he didn't find any time and had to work his way back up. And there he is, another one of those guys for the Bruins who's been with Chip Kelly every single year. And with Churchwell, I believe I saw that video where it was like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. this is how I picked UCLA. A funny little commitment video, and that's who we started with. We just went eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Churchwell is the one we'll start with. But he had an impact on Saturday's game. So many players had an impact on Saturday's game, but these are our unsung guys who maybe don't get as heralded as they should, except for that commitment video for Churchwell. It was kind of funny. He went between three hats and eventually tapped the UCLA one as the one he decided to commit. You should look it up. It's on YouTube. Look up Kenneth or Kenny Churchwell commitment video. It's a pretty funny, entertaining video. One of the better ones of commitments as commitments go for UCLA. We will continue on with Locked On UCLA as the final two guys we thought were unsung heroes in game one. We move from the kid from Arizona to Josiah Norwood, the redshirt senior from Santa Margarita, California. And you heard that name. If you remember it, we did mention him in a Reaction Monday video. He caught the touchdown from Ethan Garbers going down the sideline. One of those three big plays for the Bruins offensively against Bowling Green. It was his first career touchdown for Josiah Norwood went 50 yards in that game he actually had five receptions 63 yards and a touchdown but for Norwood last year had four receptions 32 yards that's the extent 
of his offensive statistics in his career. Mind you, this is a redshirt senior who was a walk-on quarterback, walk-on quarterback, and earned himself a scholarship by the time he's finishing his Bruin career at UCLA. So for Norwood, in 18, saw no game action. Then in 2019, played in a couple games, didn't get any statistics. In 2020, no games. He was on the scout team and also traveled with the team, but still did not get in any games. So 19, played in a couple games, no stats whatsoever. And in 2021, got 10 appearances, got his first start, and made his first career catch against the University of Hawaii in that week zero game against Hawaii over a year ago. Then almost eclipsing all of his career stats in one game against Bowling Green, catching that touchdown late in that fourth quarter, getting the Bruins into that 45-point plateau, a nice curl, little out pattern. Garber's hitting him on a dime, and then you saw the speed from Norwood, who could be one of those unsung guys we see with a big catch later in the season. You never know. The Bruins have a lot of speed, especially outside Kaz Allen. You have Norwood, everything running back and forth. So Norwood, a nice story going from walk-on quarterback into scholarship player at UCLA. That's kind of the theme of this little unsung hero, the theme for the Bruins this season as they march on forward into week two. So nice to see Josiah Norwood in the LA Times. There's an article about how he made a more detailed march from battling as a quarterback and then coming in and earning himself as a receiver. And that's not too different what we've seen in college football over the years, right? Where the Bruins find themselves transitioning guys from athletes, quarterback athletes into receivers. And Norwood, congratulations to him, his first career touchdown. And that was a big play at that. Our final player to highlight, he's been highlighted in various forms already, whether it be from the various fan sites for the LA Times. And it's just been his journey. Atania Mafi, who had maybe one of the more funny big lineman plays of the game, where Mafi, the redshirt senior from Shoreview, California, that's listed on his bio as his hometown, but he does have family out in Tonga. And for Mafi, who's gone from a starter on defense, flipped over to the offensive line last few seasons after being crucial for the Bruins in 18-19, has lost so much weight. His journey from losing, I believe, what was 70 pounds He's a big boy. They said, you can go far in your NFL career. He's been pushed and pushed and pushed. And Mafi was able to get the weight down and was able to be a starting lineman. And he's had plenty of starts in his UCLA career, but it's him with the journey to stay fit and be an elite possible NFL prospect, but also a key presence on this UCLA offensive line. As the big reason why we're highlighting him, well, if you remember, DTR did make a nice little run fumbled the football, recovered by Mafi. He ran for seven yards and got a UCLA first down. That was one of the funnier things. You could see the social media team having some fun with it. Even Mafi, who I think it's a big karaoke guy, I've heard, or maybe at some other guys, but it says he likes karaoke, I think, on his bio. But he loves, and we love, big man running the football, getting first downs for the Bruins. And while he's already had 14 starts defensively, been last three seasons a part of the offensive line for the Bruins. Maybe things you didn't know was that when he was in high school, he actually spent a year or as part of his sophomore year back in Tonga, where he's a Polynesian guy, one of a few Bruins with Polynesian heritage, has family out in Tonga. 
And he spent his sophomore year there and was expected after high school, at least he thought, to go back and have a rugby career. A big guy, yet to be very strong, very quick, play rugby. And he wanted to start a rugby career after high school, got some interest throughout the second two years, junior and senior year of high school from college football scouts, and eventually worked his way to UCLA and earned that scholarship. So he went from almost going and playing rugby back in his homeland and then staying in the United States and eventually playing college football at the D1 level on scholarship. And another part of his story that was kind of interesting and also a bit sad too, if you missed it, there was the eruption of the volcano in Tonga near where his family lived that led to a couple of eruptions late December of last year, I think another one in early January, where the eruption was so dramatic that it almost, I think from what I read somewhere, that NASA determined it was almost 100 times stronger than an atomic bomb, that this, what everybody thought was a dormant volcano back in his homeland, Atonia Mafi, it erupted, and then it turned into a tsunami, wiping out various homes, places, almost devastating Tonga and his homeland, which actually wiped out one of his family's homes, his aunt's home where he lived in his sophomore year of high school. And it, fortunately for him, after plenty of days of non-communication, all his family was safe. You couldn't say that for other parts of the island nation, but for Mafi, he's had to go with the struggles of dealing with the, the weight, dealing with the hardship with his family when he was what could have been even on that island if he had played had a rugby career, right, and stayed on the island. He ended up playing college football, watched his family's home, his aunt's home, get wiped out on the news, seeing it on the news, and it's kind of devastating, whether it be flash floods, rain, fires, anything devastating to your home. And you see on images just on social media, the news that cycle through, and that's a house you recognize. He recognized the place that he lived, even grew up for a brief moment, a family home, his aunt's home out in Tongabee wiped away, devastated, completely knocked down as he turned himself and watched his family be okay from those events. Everybody was safe and watched how he's turned around his career into a successful one at UCLA. So that's why, that's another reason why we like to have these good stories from guys who've gotten walk from walk-ons to scholarships and just nice little stories seeing at Tonio Mafi, the redshirt senior, who's coming in from defense to offense, the weight loss, dealing with all the off-the-field stuff, having the bond with his Polynesian teammates on his team, and just one of three Bruins, including Josiah Norwood, Kenny Churchwell, different stories of working hard, backgrounds of coming either from a little bit of nothing, whether it be from stars, ratings, or having your phone, your family homes knocked down and completely devastated to natural disasters in succeeding and kind of pushing through and working hard, which is kind of the mantra, I think, what Chip Kelly's looking to instill on this UCLA team that went 10 points down and won by 28 in the blink of an eye, despite not even playing well. This is a Bruin team that could use these guys. In addition to the star names that we're expecting, like the DTRs, the Charbonnets, and the Bobos, and defensively, all these guys, with the new defensive coordinator, quarter, coordinator with them, there's just so many things you can look to but these are the guys you might not see, might not hear too much, although they are getting a lot of love in the news, at least for the beat writers and all their stories. But the, the Mafis, the Norwich, the Churchwell the Thirds, these are the guys the Bruins are looking to hang their hat on, not just beyond the skill positions, or it's like some of those guys are skill position guys. But this is what you want to build the foundation of your football team on to grow better, 
make great football players and make great young men after they finish their UCLA career. And I figured we should highlight them for Locked On UCLA today. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen once again. But you got to go check out the second listen. It's the Ultimate Football Pro Preview in 2022. NFL season's almost around the corner. Just a couple of days away. An eight-episode extravaganza can get you ready for the NFL season. Your local team experts on Locked On Podcast Network. They've got betting angles from Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets. Combining all into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, whether it's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And once again, go check out that ultimate NFL pro foot ultimate pro football preview. And here also go look out locked on UCLA YouTube, like comment, subscribe. If there's more Bruins you want us to highlight comment in this YouTube video, who are the Bruins that you want to, to be shouted out some guys who've gone through the works, earned the scholarship. We've tried to get as many as we could throughout these episodes while previewing the teams, the opponents, how UCLA played, recapping everything. Just hit in the comments, like, comment, subscribe. And again, Bruin fans, get those hands in the air for that final Bruin 8 clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You, see, LA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.